And we're going to use something that we find in the book of Amos to talk about a subject that might be somewhat controversial uh, in the day in which we live. And that is, as I said earlier, you notice in your bulletin, no doubt, cremation or burial. Now, we've been looking at the judgments of God on the Gentile nations, and then Judah and Israel is going to be next. But before we go on to verses 6 through 16, I want us to look at a subject of interest before we get too far away from it. And it's found in verse 1 of chapter 2. Uh, it involves an issue that is very relevant to today. I believe it's worth our time to look at it. And each month, as we've done already this afternoon, we remember the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord when we partake of the Lord's Supper. And those three areas, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, are very important, very central to the gospel message. You just look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and that's what you find there is the gospel. And I want us to think for a few moments on the mode of laying to rest the body of a believer, and that is a believer in Jesus Christ, a Christian, and we notice in Matthew 27, verse 59 through 60, it says, And when Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn out in the rock and rolled a great stone in the door of the sepulcher and departed. Now increasingly, cremation is being used in the United States instead of the burial. In 1962, only 5% of Americans were creeping. But as modern culture moves away from Christianity towards secularism, cremation is becoming much more popular. In fact, I understand it's been popularized in modern culture and got a big boost in Star Wars 1 with the cremation scene at the end of the movie. Which I did not see, by the way, okay? I just understand that. I've been told that. But recent figures say that more than 25% of the people who die are cremated. And many are motivated by the lesser expense. Others do it because they do not believe in the resurrection of the body. And still others do it because they do not know the roots of cremation. Still others have no choice because that is the instructions that a family member perhaps left and what others in the family decided to do. Now my purpose in this brief study this afternoon is not to call reproach on anyone, but rather to acquaint you with what the Bible says, what the Bible teaches about the care for the dead and why I would not support cremation. Now here in Amos chapter 2, verse 1, it says that Moab was punished, okay, verse 1, because he burned the bones of the king of Eden. So first of all, let's look at a definition of cremation. And here are some definitions that I came across. 
Cremation comes from crematus or crematus, which is, a, I believe, a Latin word, which means to burn to ashes. It means a burning, a, particularly the burning of the dead, according to the custom of many ancient nations, according to Noah Webster, 1828. Others of modern origin say it means to incinerate a corpse or to reduce a dead body to ashes by fire, especially as a funeral rite. Now notice the ancient origin of cremation. Cremation is the, a practice of ancient pagan origin. It was one of the ceremonies involved in ancient fire worship. In an article entitled Cremation, the Encyclopedia Americana says, in primitive cultures that have survived into modern times, cremation is widely practiced. Burning is not only supposed to destroy the dead body most effectively and thus prevent possible return of the ghost, and since fire serves also as a purifying agent, it is often considered a good means of warding off evil spirits. Besides discouraging the ghost from haunting the corpse and its former abode, and serving as a means of purification from evil spirits and the contamination associated with the dead body, cremation has also, in some instances, been associated with a belief in a heavenly abode for the spirit of the deceased. The flames of the funeral fire leaping upward are thought to facilitate the ascent of the soul. Now that's Encyclopedia Americana. Uh, I don't know if you have encyclopedias in your house anymore. Maybe you still have an old set. Uh, but that's what they say concerning this. Now one Bible scholar uh, said, cremation is a heathen custom, meaning a practice of people who do not have the Bible, or else have rejected its authority. In a book called The History of Cremation, the author states, scholars today quite generally agree that cremation probably began in a very real sense around 3000 BC, and most likely in Europe and the Near East. By the time of the Roman Empire, 27 B.C. to 395 A.D., it was widely practiced. He goes on to say that though the practice was prevalent among the Romans, cremation was rare with the early Christians who considered it pagan. He notes the Jewish culture buried in sepulchers. Now, I want you to also notice another statement from that same article. It says, by 400 A.D., as a result of Constantine's Christianization of the empire, earth burial had completely replaced cremation except for rare instances of the, of the plague or war as an accepted mode of disposition throughout Europe. That's the ancient origin. I'm sure much more could be said along that line, but that would have to uh, suffice. Uh, I just... You're going to have to do that, but that's just telling you where the sources were that I just gave you. Let's look at the modern origin of cremation. The first cremation in America took place in 1876. Accompanied by the, it was accompanied by readings from Charles Darwin and the Hindu scriptures. 
and for many years, relatively few persons, mostly liberals and free thinkers, chose cremation. In 1877, Appleton's annual cyclopedia stated that the first crematoria, uh, crematory uh, erected in the United States was in Washington, Pennsylvania, where the body of Baron de Palm was reduced to ashes and placed in a Hindu urn. The article went on to say, It, cremation, is opposed by ministers of most religious denominations, a large number of whom believe it to indicate a belief in, inconsistent with the doctrine of the resurrection of the body. So I would say the practice of cremation is clearly of heathen origin. Now let's go on to cremation is a sign of God's curse and judgment. And here I want to give you some Bible reasons or the some Bible passages that refer to uh, uh, this particular aspect of the curse of judgment. Now, I'll give you uh, a number of, uh, of passages here, but throughout the Bible, the destruction of the human body or an object by fire is used as a sign of God's curse and judgment. Here are some examples. Sodom and Gomorrah. 2 Peter 2, 6, Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah, brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. You find that also in Genesis 19 and verse 24. Uh, Nadab and Abihu, Leviticus chapter 10, talks about Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer and put fire therein and put the censer thereon and offered strange fire before the Lord which he commanded them not, and there went out fire from the Lord and devoured them. It was God's judgment, and they died before the Lord. Uh, it was the men who rebelled with Korah in Numbers 16.35. There came out a fire from the Lord and consumed 250 men that offered incense. Uh, there were the examples of idols in Exodus 32.20. He took the calf which they had made, and burned it in the fire, and ground it to powder, and strawed it upon the water, and made the children of Israel drink of it. Deuteronomy 7.25, 2 Kings 10.26, 1 Chronicles 14.12. I've written the, the references down on your notes, so you don't have to uh, remember to write them all down, but you can go back and look and read these passages for yourself. There's also the example of magic books found in eight, Acts 19, 18, and 19. Now that's not uh, destroying by fire people, but it is destroying the arts uh, and books that were burned there, and uh, they were very high price. And then we also have the example of the unsaved into the lake of fire for eternal punishment. That one's not there, but it's Revelation 20, verse 15. Whatsoever was not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. So those are some examples throughout the scriptures of how God used fire to uh, bring about a curse or judgment upon people and, and their sin. So let me give you then, fifthly, a case for burial. And here again, I've given you many, many uh, references, and we won't take time to read them all this afternoon. But the weight of biblical evidence 
Jewish and Christian practice clearly supports burial as opposed to cremation. First of all, God is not in favor of cremation. And I know that because of Amos chapter 2, verse 1. Again, Amos chapter 2, verse 1 says, Thus saith the Lord for three transgressions of Moab and four, I will not turn away the punishment there because... I'm going to punish Moab. Why? Because he burned the bones of the king of Edom. See, God is not in favor of cremation. He's not fire, uh, in favor of, of burning uh, people when they're dead. In ancient times, much importance was placed on a dead man's body being peacefully placed in a family burial site so that he could be so-called gathered to his fathers and find rest in the grave. And if they, anyone would rob or disturb or dis, desecrate a grave, that was a very high offensive uh, offense that would, uh, would be very serious. Many surviving tomb inscriptions utter violent curses against anyone who would commit such a, an outrage. Secondly, God practiced burial. God practiced burial. Deuteronomy 34, 5 and 6. So Moses... The servant of the Lord died there in the land of Moab according to the word of the Lord. And he, God, buried him in the valley of the land of Moab over against Beth Peor. And no man knoweth his sepulcher unto this day. So God practiced burial. Thirdly, God's people practiced burial. Now you'll find that... Uh, Burial was clearly the practice among the patriarchs. Um, for example, uh, one of the scriptures there I give you is Genesis 23. That's where Sarah was buried by Abraham. Also in Genesis 23, 17 to 20. Uh, we find in Genesis 25, 8 and 9, Abraham was buried by his sons, Isaac and Ishmael. That's Genesis 25, 8 and 9. Uh, you find Deborah, Rebecca's nurse, was buried near Bethel in Genesis 35 and verse 8. And Rachel was buried near Bethlehem by Jacob, Genesis 35, 19 and 20. Uh, Isaac was buried by his sons, Jacob and Esau, Genesis 35, verse 29. Uh, Jacob buried Leah in the family tomb, Genesis 49, 31. Uh, Jacob made Joseph swear to bury him in the same place. Found in Genesis 47. And then also in Genesis 50. Uh, remember, Joseph was embalmed in Egypt. Later he was buried in Shechem. And then in Joshua we find there it says that the bones of Joseph, which the children of Israel brought up out of Egypt, buried they in Shechem. That's Joshua 24. Again, if you didn't get who was involved there, I, and I encourage you to go back and read those passages and then you can, you can find out who was buried by whom. Fourthly, the Mosaic Dispensation practiced burial. Miriam, remember the sister of Moses, was buried in Kadesh. That's Numbers 20 and verse 1. Moses was buried again by him, uh, by God Himself. We've already made mention of that. 
Joshua. Joshua was buried in his inheritance. Uh, Joshua 24, verse 30, they buried him in the board of the inheritance of Tinnatserah. And then Samuel was honored with a national burial in 1 Samuel 25, verse 1. When Samuel died, the Israelites came together, they, they lamented him and buried him in his house at Ramah. David, Solomon, Hezekiah, many other kings were all buried in the city of David. And there are a number of passages there starting in 1 Kings 2, uh, going on down to 2 Chronicles 32-33. Again, we're not read all those passages today, but I encourage you to go back if you want to see who was uh, being talked about in those passages. And then Jesus and his followers practiced burial. Jesus was buried in the tomb of Joseph, as we read from Matthew, Matthew 27. A John the Baptist was buried, Matthew 14. Remember, uh, John the Baptist was beheaded in prison. His head was brought in a charger given to the damsel. She brought it to her mother. The disciples came and they took up the body and buried it. And went and told Jesus. We remember Lazarus. Where was he buried? Uh, he was buried in a cave with a stone covering. And then Jesus came and, and rose him from, uh, uh, raised him from the dead. That's found in John 11. And then, of course, Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5 tells us there that young men came in, found uh, Ananias or Sapphira dead, and carried her forth and buried her by her husband. Stephen was buried after his martyrdom. Devout men carried Stephen to his burial. And then and I hope you realize as we've gone through here a little bit how many times it talks about burial. And that was the practice. Not only by the Old Testament patriarchs, but the New Testament uh, apostles, including the Lord Jesus himself. So, along that line, I believe a Christian's body belongs to God. It's not ours to destroy by fire or by any other means. One statement uh, says the Christian emphasis upon the body being the temple of the Holy Spirit increased their disinclination toward cremation. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says, What know you not? Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God. You're not your own, for you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And then Romans 14 says, whether we live, we live unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. So we belong to God. So I would ask you then, which practice, burial or cremation, shows a higher value for the body? And I believe, according, if we look at what the Bible has been saying here, the higher value goes to burial. One other, or a couple other points here in this section is burial looks forward to our resurrection. That is our literal, physical, bodily resurrection. 
burial symbolizes the hope of the resurrection. Cremation and the funeral pyre uh, speak of annihilation. It speaks of the end of hope. And the reason God's people have been always careful to practice burial is not, I don't think, that hard to understand. We believe in the bodily resurrection. Yes, the buried body is going to decompose in time. There are occasions when Christians will die in ways that would render burial impossible. If a ship sinks, well, you can't go get the body, you can't retrieve the body, you can't bury it. Uh, uh, a house burns down, and yet with all possibility we find we say, well, we would bury it. Well, why the trouble? Because it is our certain hope that that same individual will be raised in the, in the same body, only changed. Now we believe in the resurrection of the dead. John 5, 28, 29 says, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming, in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. And we eagerly await redemption of our body, according to Romans 8.22. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now, and not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, to wit, the redemption of our body. 2 Corinthians 5.1 says, for we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in heavens. And of course, well, I've already alluded to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Uh, the problem was the belief whether or not there was a resurrection. And so Paul very clearly gives uh, evidence that there is a resurrection. And he, he gives it very pointedly in the last latter part of the of chapter. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. We shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. And when this corruptible shall put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality, then we shall be uh, then shall it be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. The physical body is the seed of the resurrection body. When planted, a seed decomposes, and a new plant comes forth. And the Bible uses this to illustrate resurrection in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He talks about the wheat and grain and how it goes into the ground. And so when we bury a Christian loved one, we're planting the seed for the resurrection body. It's a powerful testimony of our faith in the Word of God. And especially regarding the promise of a bodily resurrection. 
Now, if you contrast that with heathenism, they have no knowledge. They have no hope. The Hindus and the Buddhists, for example, believe in a human soul which is distinct from the body. But they do not believe that the soul, once departed from the body of death, will be resurrected in any relation whatsoever to that first body. Rather, they believe the soul will be reincarnated into a, a completely different, unrelated body, or some non-physical uh, sphere of existence. But you know, we as God's people have had some knowledge of a bodily resurrection from the early, earliest days. God's people uh, who read God's word, even go back to the book of Job, considered one of the oldest books of the Bible. There is no mention in the book of Job concerning Israel or Jerusalem or Palestine or the temple or the Jewish state or the kingdom. And it's most likely that Job was a God-fearing man who lived prior to Abraham. And yet this ancient man of God through the uh, had a thorough knowledge of the bodily resurrection. How do I know that? Job 19. For I know my Redeemer liveth, that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth, and though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. Whom I shall see for myself, and mine eyes shall behold, and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. You see, God's people have always buried their dead with that magnificent hope in their hearts. We will see, you know, sometimes we say, oh, we're going to see brother and sister again in, this, in that same body only changed, glorified, hallelujah. But only through the death and shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ can we have that hope. He has taken upon himself on the has taken himself on the cross as a punishment for our sins, carried our sins into the grave, and then rose again in eternal triumph three days later. Part of our glorious heritage in Christ is the resurrection body. They say, Well, yeah, but what about those who have been cremated? I would say simply this. We know the Lord has the power to raise all of the dead, no matter what happened to their bodies. It says in Revelation 20, and verse 13, And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and the death of hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to the works. I think the overwhelming evidence in the Bible reveals burial as a practice, not cremation. Burial clearly reflects the highest regard for the body, which is also reflected in Paul's prayer in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. And the very God of peace sanctifying you wholly, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved, blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So here's what I'm saying. You may choose cremation. I think you still have that liberty. There's nothing in the Bible that says, Thou shalt not cremate. 
It's one of those areas where, you know, we can have some liberty, perhaps. But I hope I've given you some basis for why we would practice burial instead of cremation. I will practice burial. I will not ask my body to be cremated. Now, you say that you're just a poor Baptist preacher, why wouldn't have the money to bury you? What are you going to do? No, she gets a box and puts me in it and takes a hold of We don't need those fancy funerals. You say, well, that's kind of hard, isn't it? But I think, you know, we spend too much money on funerals. And, and, uh, uh, funeral directors and people, they're making some money, but I don't think it has to be that way. I think there are ways in which we can do it much cheaper, even as cheap as cremation, if that's, if that's a concern. You can choose, but yet I think the overwhelming evidence in the Bible is that the Bible teaches burial does not teach cremation. Okay? And that's why we came to that. And I thought it was important to realize that the Lord judged Moab because he burned the bones of the king of Eden. Yes, maybe I took that as a, a springboard to kind of hit a subject, but that's what we need to do when we come across things in the Bible that we say, well, what about that? Well, I hope I've given you some uh, some things to think about, to meditate on. I encourage you to read the scriptures that I've listed there for you and see how the overwhelming evidence is for their versus cremation. That's about that.